0: I remember three men in the 90s wearing vests. Dawson, (laughs) Michael Bolton, and Yanni.
1: Oh Dawson, look, there's your mom. Back to you, Bob. Hello and welcome to Back to You, Vov, a Dawson's Creek podcast. We are your hosts. I am Christina.
0: And I'm Micah.
1: And this week we will be talking about episode 102, Dirty Dancing. And for those of you drinking along at home, Dawson's Drink of the Week, it's a Cape Cod or a Cape Cotter, which I didn't know is vodka cran.
0: When you said, let's do a Cape Codder... I thought it was like a twist on a vodka cranberry, but it is just a straight up vodka cranberry. Straight up. So if you go into a bar and said, I want a Cape Cod, will they know what it is?
1: I bet not. I but... bet
0: not. So
1: and as we know, the show takes place in Cape Cod.
0: You make one and then just drink with us.
1: It's delicious, honestly.
0: Because we will be funnier the drunker you get.
1: Everything is.
0: So this is the second episode. It kind of feels like a rehash of the pilot.
1: Yeah. Written by Kevin Williamson, directed by Steve Miner, who are the writer and director of the pilot. We talked about their credits in the last episode, if you're interested in hearing about those. The thing that I noticed, I think back in network TV days, pre-DBR, some folks didn't tune into the pilot, but then heard throughout the week, oh, that show was really good. So they kind of used the second episode to reinforce everything that you learned in the pilot. And that's what they did here. Yeah.
0: I've never noticed before until my rewatch. But I think they did it in a way where it still felt fresh. In the pilot, they have to cram all that history. And since we know it all now, it kind of felt like you can kind of sit with it longer,
1: almost. They weren't holding your hand quite as much, even though they were giving you very similar information.
0: Exactly. So every episode had a title while it was airing. That was the movie title. And then like retroactively, they changed it. So on Hulu this episode is called The Dance and the original title which is the HBO Max title is called Dirty Dancing. Interesting. So I did not like the new titles ever and I noticed it pretty early on I think.
1: They also feel super lazy. Dirty Dancing. Okay, we'll call it Dance. dance. A right. Prelude to a kiss. We'll call it Kiss. Like
0: very bizarre. So, this is the second episode. It opens up with Dawson and Joey watching a movie, only this time it is the movie that Dawson is making. And they're talking about how Joey and Pacey need to have an on screen kiss. And Joey calls Pacey unkissable. Disagree.
1: <laughs> Hard disagree.
0: So, while they're talking about this on screen kiss, it's going to take place in Dawson's movie. Joey asks Dawson, you know, when are you going to kiss the girl from New York? And he says he really wants to take his time with Jen. And Joey says Jen is from New York, so he's going to have to step it up if he wants to get the city girl. Later, Jen is asked to the school dance by Cliff Elliott, played by Scott Foley. And she says yes. In the meantime, Dawson uh, ends up practice kissing. On a prosthetic replica, he's made of Joey's face for the movie, which is awkward. But even more awkward is that his dad is watching him kiss the prosthetic replica and he is coaching him. Even more more awkward, (laughs) Joey's watching it all go down from the stairs. Dawson and Joey have sent him going to the dance that Jen and Cliff are at. This is kind of harsh. Dawson is describing his feelings for Jen to Joey and he says he feels like he's known her his whole life and he has this connection to her. And it's kind of like the connection he has with Joe, except she's Jen. <laughs> After causing a scene of the dance, Dawson tells Jen that he can't be her friend and be her boy wonder, quote unquote. And so forced to choose, she says that she is interested in Dawson and Dawson says she can prove it by kissing him, which isn't creepy at all. <laughs> yeah. And she says she can't handle that right now, but they have a dance instead.
1: So we come back to Tamara and Pacey in this episode in the classroom and he brings up the kiss from the last episode. She immediately shuts him down.
0: And the most hysterical thing about this scene is they're having the conversation in the front of the classroom as kids are pouring into the classroom and there is a background actor. (laughs) I don't know what his character is, but he knows. He's (laughs) staring at them so intensely You have to rewatch it back. It's He wrote his
1: own backstory.
0: Like, you know, it's fuzzy focus, but he is looking at them like he is so (laughs) engrossed. Like he is in it. He knows it all. He's Gossip Girl.
1: (laughs) Well, so yeah, they're talking about it very openly. Then she's like, please go back to your seat. Later, he goes to the dance where she is chaperoning and he again approaches her and gets shut down. Later in the episode, he's walking and comes across her at the dock, exactly where he came across her in episode one. And they have finally a conversation where Tamara says, I kissed you. It was a mistake. We can't do this anymore. And Pacey is like, I have a choice in this. I want you. And it's not your choice. And the thing then that broke my little heart is he has this vulnerable moment where he goes, I'm not good with girls. (laughs) And Tamara says, don't worry, that will change. And then they kiss again. So here we are.
0: Now, when it comes to Mitch and Gail, Dawson's parents, as you will recall from the pilot, Dawson jokingly suspects that his mother and her co-anchor are having an affair. And then it turns out at the end of the episode, Joey catches Dawson's mom kissing her co-anchor, Bob. And in this episode, Gail's kind of out to lunch, coming and going a lot, like not really engaging much at home. And Dawson asks Mitch, his dad, for first kiss advice, since he and Dawson's mom have such an active sex life. And Dawson's dad tells a story of his first kiss with Dawson's mom. But later, when Mitch asks Gail about their first kiss, she gives the wrong memory three times. It's sealing the deal that Gail's out to lunch. And then in other news there, Joey lets Gail know that she knows about the affair. And Joey reminds Dawson's mom that her dad had an affair on her mom while her mom was dying of cancer. And it's just does irreparable damage to families. Brutal. So first I was like, the theme of this episode is like kissing. They talk about Mm -hmm. it from the jump and it's everyone's thing. But then I realized the theme of the episode is romance versus desire. From the jump, Dawson is more of a romantic and he really wants his relationship with Jen to be very romantic and have these big Spielberg type moments. Mm -hmm. And Joey kind of gets in his head. Cliff kind of gets in his head too and it changes his approach. And then at the end, Jen kind of says, I want this to be slow and romantic and like, I kind of want to take my time with this. And then that's when they have their dance instead of the kiss that Dawson wants. But it's kind of interesting how he is kind of having this internal debate almost like should i approach romantically or like more passionately and at the same time i think that tomorrow looks at pacey like oh here's this horny teenage boy he's just all about sex and passion and desire and then when he says at the end and i finally found someone i like and it's you and she kind of thinks like oh my god this isn't about desire for him it's like kind of romantic and like this is about love almost maybe and then of course mitch obviously represents romance and Sensationalizing moments and gayologists is all about like the passion and desire. But Mitch does say the best and most perfect relationship has a good mix of both.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I wrote down so many moments watching this episode, and I think a lot of them were based in my frustration for Dawson. Dawson was pretty um... intolerable. Yes, that's exactly the word I was looking for. In the first, two minutes we're talking about the kiss in the movie and they're talking about kissing in general just like you said the the word kiss is used so many times in this episode and dawson says my lips are reserved for one woman like he's already so friggin dramatic about jen it's unbelievable
0: but maybe one would argue romantic
1: i wouldn't The whole kissing scene that you've already talked about, where Dawson comes to his dad, asks for kissing advice. It is, I I had to watch through my fingers like I was watching a scary movie.
0: It was, it, it is alarming.
1: It made me so uncomfortable.
0: But like, again, you have to look at it like it's 1998. Going to your parents for advice on these things is an antiquated notion. But for this age, I think it happened.
1: It's hard to remember a time before the internet even though we grew up in a time before the internet. So you're probably correct.
0: But also, I truly know, I truly know that 15-year-old me that watched this didn't think it was cringy. Mm. Like, thought it was, like, really sweet. And was like, I wish my dad would teach me how to (laughs) kiss the prosthetic face. (laughs) I was probably jealous in a weird way. Okay. I just know when I watched the show, I never had a negative thought about it.
1: You're I right. Mean. I, Same. I never
0: Same. thought like, oh, Tamara and Pacey. That's weird. I thought like they love each other and the world doesn't <laughs> understand. <laughs> I I was fully on board with everything the show. Totally. Was Same. Dishing out.
1: Same. Another thing that I wrote down that I noticed. I mean, it, it's true in the pilot too. Looking back, but Jen is so mature. Not even in her her fast past in Manhattan, whatever. But-
0: The way she's able to comment on another woman's breasts.
1: Yes. In that scene, it's not even that so much as like, well, one, so there's a scene where Jen's like, come on, Joey, let me help you get that blood off of you. She holds up a towel and Joey takes off her bikini top, which one is just not something that I would do with someone who's basically a stranger, but whatever. But Jen is like, hmm, Joey- You have really nice breasts. (laughs) (laughs) But it's not even that. But just how she approaches Joey and is kind of like, I'm going to get you to like me. If I were coming in as the new girl in 10th grade and there was a girl who didn't love me in this small group I was trying to get into, (laughs) I would be so intimidated.
0: But again, like as nice as Jen was in these scenes, since like Joey didn't trust her. I didn't trust her. <laughs> Joey didn't like her. I didn't like her. I was like, who are you, you big city girl coming in here and ruining our small town with your yeah. ways?
1: Totally. And I'm I'm sure I was in that boat too because I don't remember. Like, I was watching this scene and I was like, who the fuck is Jen? Like coming in. She's like acting like she's like a 35-year-old like editor of a magazine, like some quick talk and yuppie.
0: I know something I want to talk about is Dawson's vest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't remember vests ever really being in style. Like even in the 90s when someone wore a vest, weren't you like, why is he wearing a vest? <laughs> because yes. I was.
1: I still don't really know where vests fit in. I mean, I guess like a puffer vest if you live in a climate in which you don't Oh, no, a no. Coat. So
0: let's describe the vest. So this was like... This was a like suit. A...
1: It was like a suit jacket, wasn't it? But without sleeves? Yeah. Go I mean, ahead. I mean, you, you describe it. Best, How
0: would you just Vests don't have sleeves. It didn't have sleeves.
1: Wait, let me but explain he... to you the concept of vests. <laughs> and then we can...
0: <laughs> when he wore it to the school dance, I almost <laughs> want to say it was like a brown leather vest or like a brown suede vest. Maybe not. Oh. But he wore a dress shirt under it and i remember three men in the 90s wearing vests dawson (laughs) michael bolton and yanni i truly don't remember a time where people wore vests as a good trend
1: what great company dawson's in (laughs)
0: like this was also 1998 it wasn't like 1991 why is he wearing the vest? i don't understand
1: I don't know, but I'm picturing him wearing like a sad divorced dad blazer with no arms. Like, I can't.
0: The vest is triggering. I don't think these things were ever. But you know what? They're in a small town. Everyone's everyone's a little poor. Like Everyone wears
1: (laughs) vests in small towns.
0: They didn't have Gap. They had like Woolworths. I don't know.
1: They went off to Boscov's and got vest. <laughs> Oh, my
0: God. I referenced Boscov's at a party, and no one ever heard of it.
1: Well, that sounds sad for them.
0: I sent them a link. <laughs> they were like, what word are you saying? And I was like, Boscov's. <laughs> they were like, spell it. What word is it? And I'm like, Boscov's. <laughs> I was 15 in 1998, the same age as they are, and I didn't wear a vest. Anywho. Another thing, when Dawson goes in to ask his dad for the kissing advice the way the scene starts he says, "Have you seen my camera?" and then Dawson's dad oh is my like, god. Second drawer uh in the bedside table, you might want to take the tape out before you start rolling," which basically Gail and Mitch are making sex tapes, which is And
1: we just gloss over that. He's like, gloss "Okay. Over. I totally forgot about that. I did not write that down, but that's traumatizing, truly."
0: Yeah. Well, between that and the vest, I was like, (laughs) we need to talk about these two things. So Mitch and Gail fully are filming sex tapes. So why do you think Gail is cheating on Mitch? Like, what is it?
1: She's bored. I think she's bored because it's not even she's not desired because he very clearly desires her in the two episodes that we've seen so far. It's like he there. It's not just that they have a healthy sex life. He pines for her. Right. And like he works to keep her happy and she has this perfect little family with her and her perfect little weird son in his vest. And she's <laughs> like, oh, I need something else. What do you think?
0: The way they're portraying it now, it really just feels like she's like a nympho. I, like a, like that's the way I think you feel like it's coming across. She's like some type of weird sex addict. I don't know.
1: Or that um, she has like, because she is in this episode, we hear her kind of through the door giggling in the closet or wherever she is, right? Like yeah. it feels like she has this little schoolgirl crush. She's like, no, you hang up. Ha ha. ha.
0: Like yeah. whatever.
1: And that kind of feels like like maybe her and Mitch don't have a emotional relationship.
0: Or they fell into a routine and it doesn't feel fresh or something. Yeah.
1: Like yeah. Exactly. We'll
0: find out a few episodes from now. No spoilers. Uh Dawson's dad is played by John Wesley Shipp. We should look up his age at the time of the show. He looks 30 oh yeah and dawson looks 40 so it, it <laughs> doesn't add up but like john wesley ship is like a great looking guy that was another talking point i feel like at the time people were like why is dawson's mom cheating on dawson's dad like he's so hot he's
1: hot yeah
0: he has sex all the time he plays so he played the flash in the 80s series that's like a straight guy alert i think we mm. probably have two listening three
1: straight Kenny. guy alert <laughs> <laughs> He's 67 now. So he was 40. He was 33.
0: 43. 43. That's young.
1: <laughs> if you're talking to us, that is young.
0: <laughs> That's fucking young, bitch. 40. <laughs> That's young. But anyway, he doesn't look 43. But No, he doesn't. Anyway, and he always, like,
1: anytime he has like a butt down shirt on, he has those top few buttons unbuttoned. And you can tell he's like, he's keeping it tight. He's the
0: cool dad, but... You know what? He he actually reminded me a lot this episode of Jack Pearson. He was giving me Jack Pearson vibes. Uh, My love oh, yeah. and Miglia's character on This Is Us. Like just all American dad, like good looking, sensitive, like fixing a He was fixing something with a screwdriver when Dawson was talking to him, like had that advice, loves the mom. Like, oh, he's giving me Jack Pearson.
1: And like never a moment of he feels no weirdness about speaking openly to his kids, which I feel like Jack mm-hmm. Pearson was the same with Jack Pearson.
0: Yeah. It's, it's just interesting how like we felt everything that the writers wanted us to feel. They were brilliant writers because they had us hating Dawson's mom, you know, loving Dawson's dad, hating Jen, you know, like hating Cliff, hating Tamara until we didn't kind of a thing. So they kind of had us on the hook with everything.
1: Yeah, from the start. Everything was
0: kind of black and white in a really good way. And there wasn't really a gray area is interesting to think about now where these shows kind of have a gray area because they're trying to kind of make it a little more grounded i don't Mm. enjoy that as much i don't enjoy watching that as much
1: where it's like you have to figure it out you have to like feel all the things
0: this is the thing about soaps like you know uh you there's a very clear couple and you're kind of always being led to kind of one side and then or there were just clear sides kind of you know wasn't this like well i can see why you know kendall roy wants to take over but i side with logan roy you know there was just like a clear kind of i don't know why i just compared dawson's Creek to succession
1: i wrote down what something you've already touched on which is dawson explaining to joey you you don't get it the way i feel about jen it's like i've known her my whole life it's like she's just so wonderful kind of how i feel about you like what a fucking bitch thing to say to somebody i'm sorry that was crazy wrong word but like What? If I were Joey, I'd be like,
0: Yeah, bitchy. I'd be
1: like, okay. Like for him to compare a literal lifelong friendship to yes, we're meant to believe that Dawson had met Jen previous to this pilot episode, but he has zero idea anything she's about. Everything in my mind in this episode is in his head. He's projecting all this stuff on her. He feels like he's she's a fantasy girl. If I were Joey, I would have been like, no. I you know, me. it's so
0: interesting because at the time I thought Joey was so moody and like emotional, but then God, now it's like her reactions were all justifiable for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Like he said crazy shit. Really? But he's a little
1: unhinged. More...
0: Yeah. I mean, he that's kind of a recurring theme that goes on season one. And I guess about the series, he kind of gets caught up in these cinematic moments. Like he kind of wants his life to be a movie.
1: Yeah. He's trying to write this epic story.
0: Yeah. But people kind of did hate Dawson. I mean, people hated Dawson at the time they did. I did because I remember it was an it was it was an unpopular opinion at the time. Now, at this point, were you shipping Dawson and Joey? like because Pacey wasn't really on your radar, right? Yeah,
1: I don't think that I was shipping them, but I do think that I felt like pangs for Joey. Like I felt like I could see kind of her being hurt a little bit and then being like, oh man, like she has a, like that was stirring up inside me. Like, oh, I'm always the friend and Joey's the friend. And, you know, like I was definitely empathizing with her a lot.
0: Yeah. Another thing I wanted to talk about looking back, I am not a slut shamer because I'm a slut. So that's not what this is. What I'm saying is Jen and Tamara, I noticed the similarity this time in how they're treating Pacey and Dawson. They're kind of like game playing a little bit. I don't know if you did you see Jen's face when she walked away from Cliff after she got her like dance invite. In the so Jen, Yeah. So Jen gets asked to the dance and she says yes. And she walks by Dawson and Joey are like kind of overhearing picking up on what's happening. Jen walks by Dawson like smiling almost. And then she kind of just gleefully tells Dawson like, yeah, Cliff asked me to the dance. She's like, oh, it's not a date, but like, yeah, he asked me, we're going alone together, and she's having fun with it almost, it feels like, I feel, and he kind of says that to her, he's like, come on, like, what are you doing, like, you're not unaware of my feelings for you, and she kind of says something like, yeah, okay, whatever, I guess I liked being liked, whatever she says. Then Tamara, too, is kind of doing the same thing with PC, where she's like playing games with him. Big time. And... I just kind of never saw it until rewatching that Dawson and Pace are kind of on a similar trajectory in this episode where they're like kind of trying to cut through the games and get to like the heart of what's happening with each of the women.
1: I don't know if this is, like, not a great opinion to have, but I feel like for Jen, like, I completely understand where she's coming from because Dawson isn't making any moves other than saying, I like you. Dawson's doing nothing. I don't even think he necessarily asked her to watch movies the night of the dance. He just thought that she would come watch movies with him. Like, there's no action being taken. So if I were Jen and someone else asked me and I'm going to go, Tamara, on the other hand, it is giving obviously grooming to me because as soon as he says the whole, I'm not good with girls and like, that's the point, right? Like he's not good with girls. He's not mature enough really to be making any of these decisions. She very clearly knows that it's wrong because of the way she keeps saying this is wrong But then she doesn't have the power to like stand her ground and be like, no, shutting it down. So that sucks. But all of that being said, I was fully in in 1998. I was shipping them. I mean, I was
0: rooting. Yeah, I was rooting for them. And something I never really picked up on is they do say a lot that she is a mess. And I never really picked up. And then I think you find out later she's like in the wake of a divorce and all of this. And this is obviously supposed to be like a Mary Kay Turno kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think it was probably just like a scandalous way to get people buzzing about the show. But um, I bought it all. And something also, PC, up until this point, you kind of only he, tomorrow's whatever, it's kind of like tomorrow's way or the highway. And PC kind of says at the end, like, there's two of us. Uh, you've made your opinion clear, but like, what about mine? I'm, I have a voice in this kind of a thing, which I mean, it all was, it was relatable. Because of course, we were all like, what if we fall in love with our teacher? Yeah. Wouldn't we want our teacher to, Love us.
1: Oh, yeah. this is something I wrote down that is small, but towards the end of the episode when they're walking <laughs> when they're walking and they see Jen buying taffy from the taffy cart that's still mm-hmm. out at like 10 p.m. at night, it's it's Joey and Dawson. And there is coverage, which coverage is where you shoot multiple cameras or multiple angles of the same scene and you edit back and forth between them. But there's a wonder kind of in the middle of the scene is mostly a oneer and a oneer is when you when you shoot a single camera for an entire scene right so it's like Dawson and Joey starting to walk down the sidewalk and they are in that one angle for a few minutes say right and a oneer is really a tricky thing to accomplish because oftentimes there's multiple actors there's a cameraman who has to be moving or some sort of dolly track blah 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 it's very hard to get right and at the top of the oneer Joey says There's no remote on the rewind of life. Like she flubs the line, and you can see her react. Laughing, yeah, and then but they just keep going. And I thought that that was a really interesting moment. And I I did notice
0: she laughed. and I kept thinking, why is she laughing?
1: Because she said there's no remote on the rewind of life. (laughs)
0: Instead of saying there's no rewind on the remote of life, yes, that's so funny. I definitely clocked that she laughed. And I just thought, oh, sh- this must be one of those lines that she, yeah. you know.
1: I'm certain that Katie Holmes was like, oh, we're gonna stop and redo that, and then they didn't, and they just kept moving, and she was like, yeah. okay. Or and like I wonder... they will
0: use this take.
1: Exactly. I wonder if they liked that, or if, or if that was like the best take for the remainder of the scene, or whatever. But I thought that was interesting. So after Jen walks out of the dance and. They have their interaction in the hallway. He's walking down the street with Joey, and he says, I'm a simp, which is ridiculous. (laughs) I
0: never realized that's what he said.
1: Yeah, I rewound it just to be sure.
0: But But what is
1: in the context of how he was using it, I Googled it. The the Oxford dictionary definition of a simp is a silly or foolish person. But in 2022, he kind of is simping for Jen because he is literally bending over backwards and acting like right. she is God's gift when they haven't even had any real meaningful interactions yet.
0: And changing his entire like personality because it's clear this is how he usually acts.
1: The Urban Dictionary definition of simp <laughs> is... It means a guy that is overly desperate for a woman, especially if she's a bad person or has expressed her disinterest in him, whom he continues to obsess over. I would say that's Dawson to a T.
0: It is. Exactly. He was simping. I've never heard of simping. I guess I'm, I was out of touch. When the show came out, Like people said SAT scores and PSAT scores spiked because people were looking up words that they'd heard in the show that they didn't know what they meant. <laughs>
1: that's and hilarious. Simp- and now... 25 increase. years later, we're still using the word simp. Thanks, Dawson.
0: And we're still learning. We learn something new All every right. day.
1: Do so you want to do guest cast shout out?
0: Yeah. So this is the guest cast shout out. So that's like every, this show launched a lot of careers, right? So every episode, we're going to kind of give a shout out to our favorite guest cast of that week. And this one, we're giving it to Scott Foley, who played Cliff Elliott. So Cliff Elliott's kind of like that jock character who kind of swoops in and asks Jen to the dance. I'm almost positive this is one of his first roles, if not the first. But he went on to play Noel in Felicity. He played Jake in Scandal. He played Roman in Scream 3. Uh, he was on Scrubs, Grey's Anatomy, and Whiskey Cavalier. So he, I mean, and he's amazing at everything. I've never not loved him in anything. And he got to start here, playing Cliff Elliott.
1: Speaking of Scream, I also loved the small reference that they made where they in the in the beginning of the episode they bring up Scream and they say, Oh, a rip-off of a ripoff.
0: Yeah, so Joey doesn't want to kiss Pacey in the movie, as we said, and Dawson's trying to think of a way to get around it. So he decides to kill off Joey in the script of the movie and bring in Jen. And he kind of says, Oh, no one will see coming." Like the main character Getting killed in the middle of the movie. That's so uh, Janet Lee from Psycho. And then Pacey chimes in and says, or oh, Drew Barrymore from Scream. And Joey says, yeah, a ripoff of a ripoff, which is Kevin yes. Williamson kind of making fun of himself for yes. ripping off Psycho. And I mean, those references, like we said, like they, those were never made really before.
1: And for so us, pop culture, and loved TV and movies. It was like, oh,
0: yeah, those kind of like witty self referential T V characters referencing movie characters. I don't know. It was just kind of like trippy and weird and didn't really nowhere in 902 you know, did they ever reference. Did they? I mean maybe they did. They're Tweet like... us.
1: Yeah. Tweet us, at us. No.
0: <laughs> Tweet at us after we pay our eight dollars a month to Elon. Oh
1: <laughs> Honestly, just write us a letter and send it. <laughs> We'll give you a PO box. Oh
0: my god, I loved getting mail Old Who mail. didn't <laughs> we <We're> talk <laughs> about like it's not happening anymore.
1: Oh, I remember. loved getting
0: mail. Remember the Pony Express? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: check my um, mail like once a month at this point.
0: Oh my god. You know, I'm wanting to talk about this. What is with maybe you wouldn't know. Why why remember like mail was just like Monday through Saturday?
1: Yeah, Sunday now. It's in the mix. Why?
0: And also, like, I'll get mail, like, at 9 p.m. at night. My ring camera will go off, and I'll be like, someone's here to kill me. And it's my postman dropping off mail.
1: But is it your, is it USPS or is it, like, Amazon?
0: It's the postman with his satchel. Yeah, (laughs) 1,000%. It's
1: letters. Letters and correspondence. It's not, like, a package.
0: (laughs) No. yeah, 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 no. It's okay. like I mean these days it's just all political ads. No, yeah, yeah, I get mail all sometimes twice a day too. It was once a day Monday through Saturday. Now I get it Monday seven days a now week.
1: They're like sitting at the post office. We've got something for <laughs> Micah. Quick, someone yeah, bring it to his house.
0: I get mail sometimes twice a day, and I'm just like, what is happening?
1: I can't say I experience multiple day postman, but I do experience late night Amazon where like they'll ring my doorbell at quarter to nine at night and terrify the living shit out of me.
0: Yeah, that's too late to ring the bell.
1: Yeah. Just any of your
0: Amazon drivers.
1: Yeah. (laughs) If any of you
0: listening, uh, 7 p.m., just leave it at 7 p.m. Honestly.
1: Any time of day, feel free to just leave it. I don't need it. I don't need you to ring my bell ever.
0: Uh, fall, winter, make that four p.m. Once it gets dark, go by sunset. Yeah. Look at us. Look um, at
1: us. Who would have thought? Look at
0: us. <laughs> Somehow we got on this from Scott Foley, and Scott Foley's great. I don't know if any of you know Scott Foley. Tag him. Send him this.
1: Scott, if you're out there, hit us up.
0: We'd love to have you on.
1: Want to talk about music?
0: Yes, music moment.
1: Music moment. There are a handful of songs in this episode because Uh it is a dance episode. But I think you would have to agree. Savage Garden,
0: Um, Chicka Cherry Cola, but that song played like the coverage of the dance, right? When they were like the establishing shots of the dance. I would actually go with, I'm going to go with Happiness by Abra Moore. Because this is the song, one of those songs. Like when it comes to my now Spotify, I immediately think of Dawson's Creek. So at the dance, Dawson and Joey want to get close to Cliff and Jen. So they Dawson asks Joey to dance, and it's a fast song, so she doesn't mind. And then when they head over to Jen and Cliff, it turns to Abermores' happiness, and they have to slow dance.
1: Classic dance trope, much yeah. like Love Actually.
0: Yeah. I love that song. You guys should listen. So listen to I Want You by Savage Garden, which is like, ooh, I want you, I don't know if, no I, if I, need I need you, know. but uh, ooh, yeah, Pick a cherry cola. Um,
1: if uh, nothing comes from uh, this, it will be a record. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Look it out, American <laughs> Idol. And then my, I would say Happiness by Abermore. If you're in the mood for like a slow jam, wanna just give Taylor a break. I don't know who would you know. want to, but Meet Me at Midnight. When it comes to the past versus present segment, when we talk about kind of what we experience watching it as teenagers versus adults, I mean, we touched on it a little bit. You feel like tomorrow was gaslighting PC. I do. Now, I, now, I feel back.
1: like I am grasping on a little more to Tamara is a mess. And Tamara has got to get her shit together.
0: In, in grooming, you said.
1: Yeah, I think if we're talking in 2022 terms, that's exactly what's going on with her. And in 1998 terms, I was full steam ahead. Nothing wrong here. Go get your man.
0: Yeah, I kind of have to agree. I I can't really think of anything else in this episode where I can't think of any any contrast between then and now versus just the Pacey and Tamara. I was rooting for them at the time. But the weird thing is I kind of still am just because it's hard for me to kind of shake out of that.
1: Well, also, we know how it all pans out. So it's like pans out. the other thing that I just like in, in thinking of this segment, Dawson at the end is he's like, you could kiss me to Jen. Um,
0: that was bad.
1: I, I can see where someone in today's day may kind of congratulate him, but he wasn't asking for consent. He's trying to put it on her. And she was like, no. We love a consensual king, but that was not the case here.
0: Well, That's the second episode.
1: So as always, if you want to comment or tweet or tag us or leave a review, we will give you a shout out on a future episode. We are here. Let us know what you think.
0: The good, the bad, the ugly.
1: Yeah. So we will see you guys next week for episode 103, Prelude to a Kiss. And if you want to drink along with us, the drink will be the French kiss. We'll link the recipe on our show notes. If you want to stock up on the ingredients ahead of time, you'll need raspberries, lemons, mint, vodka, champagne, and chambord. And we're looking forward to it.
0: Sounds delicious. And also, Dawson's drink is always connected to the episode. So if this drink is called French kiss, obviously... Someone will be locking lips. We'll find out oh, who. Oh
1: man. Who's a good
0: intrigue? Cliffhanger. But for now, that's a wrap on episode two Dirty Dancing.
1: Yeah. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.